as a channel of devotion. You are a mystical mythic muse. In this episode, I share a bit about a complimentary global virtual offering that I have coming up. It's called Navigate These Radical Times, and we discuss the genius of Hilma of Klimt's universal symbolic paintings, the Pisces new moon, and this blessed Ostara coming as the wheel of the year shifts into another dimension. This episode culminates with a guided meditation for your Venetian-Neptunian integration. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Welcome to episode 23 of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I'm so grateful that you're here. And now we are continuing to weave over 62 countries around the planet with over 3,800 unique listeners around the world. And I'm so grateful for each one of you. I know our time is really sacred. So the fact that you come, you drop in, you tune in, means a lot to me. And as always, I welcome your ideas, your feedback, and your reviews. Please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. It really helps grow the podcast. It helps so that 
people coming on board to listen feel called to invest their sacred time. I am in the process of a major rebrand, rebirth of my work. So just uh, for those of you who follow my work in other capacities, know that my website and my email addresses and my social media handles will be shifting over the next month. And I really invite you to stay in tune with that. I send a weekly newsletter, the Venetian Love Notes. I've been doing it for many years now. I have this special global teaching coming up that is an opportunity for so many of us to gather all over the world. And I've been creating this complimentary offering for quite some time now, (laughs) a number of months to say the least. And in this, I'm going to share three transformational principles to assist you in navigating these radical times. This teaching is going to be live on Wednesday, the 24th of March, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, and 7 p.m. GMT. So if you're interested and you want to join, please make sure you're receiving my Venetian love notes, which you can sign up. Um, If you click into the show notes, you'll see a link that will take you to make sure you're receiving those emails. Take a moment to whitelist my email address. Wow, I don't know how you all are feeling, but I can tell you that this Pisces new moon is powerfully emotional, very deep so many deep feelings coming up for so many people. So please, wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening, just take a moment to really honor yourself and your heart. And I know, I know a lot of us are really going through some challenging times. And I just want to say, if you're feeling alone out there, for whatever way I can extend a hand to your hand as a heart to your heart to just let you know that you are not alone and that you do matter and that we do need your medicine on the planet right now and that you can feel that truth coming through in this now moment. This global teaching that I have coming up on Wednesday, the 24th of March. And it is really about the reality that so many of us have this deep yearning for a grounded connection, an anchored, a centered connection with all of life. To live each day with a form of elegance, knowing that you are in sync with nature's rhythms, knowing that You're just emitting the signature of living consciously when in reality, many of us do not give enough attention to our self-care. And I know a lot of people right now are feeling like they don't even belong on this planet. We're a year into this global pandemic and many people are feeling isolated, insignificant, and helpless. And so knowing that there's so much that is being demanded of us in these times, I think it's also important that we 
know that our bodies hold portals of energy that are naturally attuned to the elemental rhythms. And there are a series of practices and principles I want to share with you that will help you align to develop a life that feels like you're living your soul's purpose with consciousness, where you feel invigorated and grounded, where you are radiating with the solar principle of all of creation, where you are flowing with your intuitive abilities, just like the moon. And when you're finding allyship with the forces of nature, really feeling rooted and grounded, this teaching is going to talk about how you can utilize uh, the solar gates, the eight lunar phases, and stone medicine as the earth's bones to channel celestial knowledge and just simply anchor this intelligence through the energetic portals of your physical body. And after we explore these three principles and how they synthesize, I'm going to guide you all to connect with your earth star chakra and work directly with great grandmother hematite at the core of Terra Gaia, Mother Earth. And if you're interested in exploring this dynamic yet elegant practice, please put this on your calendar Wednesday, the 24th of March, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. GMT. I'm sure you're receiving my Venetian love notes, and that will ensure that you get all of the information that you need for now. Universal visions, universal symbols, mythological motifs, genius, and dreaming the future. These concepts to me are the epitome of Hilma of Klint. Swedish artist Hilma of Klint created a whole genre of art that she never received credit for. Now granted, a lot of her work really didn't reach the surface until after she had died in 1944. She left behind a wealth of abstract paintings, over 1,200. And her life's journey is just incredible. If you don't know much about this artist, I highly encourage you to check her out. And I imagine I will be weaving her into more of these episodes because one of the things I really spoke about as we were getting towards the Great Conjunction and just as we had gotten over the cusp of the Great Conjunction was how this mythic reality that we are creating is so important and how each one of us is an artist. I had the great privilege of seeing Hilma of Klint's show at the Guggenheim in April of 2019. It was right before a journey to Egypt, and I actually timed my layover in JFK just so I had enough time to check my suitcase at the airport and then I took an Uber out to the Guggenheim and it was incredible. As an artist, which I call myself an artist, but 
I'm actually trained as an artist. I, you know, as far as higher education goes, I mean, I think we're all artists, right? In undergraduate school, I was an interdisciplinary artist and I went on for post-baccalaureate at the Museum School of Fine Arts. I was also supposed to continue on to get a Master of Fine Arts through Claremont University, but ended up pulling out right before, just less than a month before I was to start, because I was just at a place where I felt like, wow, I've been in college, I've been in some form of schooling my entire life, and I needed to be out in the real world. In those days of the art world, I can't really say what the art world is so much these days because now I make my art in other kinds of communities. But in those days, for me, it felt like a lot of times there was like a sterility to exhibiting your art, hanging it on the walls of the gallery. And there was just this energy that was like the unspoken. And it felt very sterile to me. There was no warmth or radiance or spirituality in it, that's for sure. And I've been to the Guggenheim a number of times in in New York City, and I'll never forget stepping in that day in April of 2019 and feeling feeling the the fullness, the vibrancy, the buoyancy in the space. And it it was her paintings. Hilma's paintings just brought the whole space to life. And if you're not familiar with the Guggenheim in New York City, it spirals up. There's a lot of white everywhere in the space. And Hilma's paintings are so rich with color and texture. And I just remember walking up the spirals, which for me was like such pure bliss because the spiral itself has always been a very integral part of my own artistic process. So to be walking the spiral, and I just took a moment to really go through the space before I went painting by painting. I actually walked through the entire entire spiral uh, movement up to the top, just absorbing the vibration of the space, not even like not looking so hard that I had to see every little detail or every painting. I really wanted to have a sensory experience of her paintings in that space. And it was deeply spiritual. The most spiritual experience I've ever had in any art gallery, museum. I was definitely blown away. And I spent about three hours there that day before I had to catch an Uber back to JFK. But I was so deeply touched. And I continue to be deeply touched. I have a number of her prints in my home. And I just 
I love them so much. I love her work so much. There's a fantastic documentary out about her work. What is so amazing is that she was so tuned in and it was like, I mean, there's so many parts of her story I could, I could share with you, but I want to go into the overarching themes. And then I want to speak to you about, um, altarpieces, which is my personal favorite piece. And it's, it's like the culmination piece of all of the, um, paintings that were on exhibit in the Guggenheim. And they called the show paintings for the future, which is so aligned in this Aquarian age. Helma uh, connected with a group of women who were essentially like channeling, channeling from the other world. And so the concept for a lot of these paintings comes from beyond the veil. The spiritual concepts, the technologies, the color choices, the shapes, the precision of the shapes are, I mean, it's mind-blowing. And the way that the color is woven over time, there is a clear story being told through her paintings. And it is a story, I mean, it is the beauty of art. It is beyond the spoken word, right? It is its own language. Altarpieces is a triptych, which is three different paintings that come together to form what is called a triptych, if you do not know that. (laughs) And each of these three paintings were complete in 1915, and they combine oil paint and metal leaf on canvas. Now, Hilma Afklent was born in 1862, and she transitioned in 1944. When she died, she left a very large body of work that included paintings, drawings, notebooks, and she very much intentionally kept private during her lifetime, leaving a mystery about the message of her work. So it was in 1896 that she began to meet with this group of women called the Five, and they held weekly gatherings that they recorded by automatic writing conducting seances and studying spirituality. It was through this group that Afklent received a commission to complete a body of work from a channeled being. She created 193 paintings known as the paintings for the temple as works on canvas and on paper, primarily abstract with imagery, including natural forms that became more geometric over time. These paintings for the temple offer a transcendent spiritual reality, demonstrating her blending of different belief systems sourced from Christianity, Rosicrucianism, Buddhism, Charles Darwin's theories, theosophy, anthroposophy, and spiritualism. And altarpieces were the culmination of the paintings for the temple, Now, one thing you should know is that, and by the way, what I'm sharing with you here uh, comes from one of, it's actually from an academic paper I wrote in um, 
my my graduate program that I'm in currently. I just want you to know that in the paper I have references and sources, and I'm not going to read those aloud to you, but uh, just wanted you to know where I'm getting this information from and that it is all academically sourced, which I think is really important to talk about. I know this is a little off topic, but I think this is the beauty of podcasts and where we can go. And in these times, there's so much information being shared. And yes, all information comes from source. And there's something really beautiful about legacy and lineage and as much as academia has been very much a problem in the sense that it has been an essential piece in colonialism, for sure, there is also something really beautiful about citing your sources, right? And that is something that is a current that runs through indigenous culture. You honor your elders, you honor your ancestors, you honor your teachers, So it is one of the things I really feel grateful to be plugged into the academic world in today's culture, because when you look at social media, people take left and right from one another. It's very easy to do, and it can happen by mistake too. And I think it's important that we all find ways to honor where we get our information from as much as we can. And we all, I mean, it's a practice for all of us. Like it's a practice for myself. Sometimes I find images and I realize, wow, I didn't cite where I found that image, right? It's it's so easy, but someone made that image available for you, right? Someone made that source of writing available for you. So it's important to honor these sources. Now, what's interesting about these paintings for the temple was that of Clint had this vision that her paintings would someday all exist in this temple space. And their actual drawings that she created where they would reside and the drawings look like the Guggenheim in New York City. (laughs) But the Guggenheim did not exist. Or did it, right? Time bending, timeline hopping, altarpieces. They're really beautiful. I'm looking at them right now. There are three individual paintings. Number one is actually my favorite. It is so beautiful. It's this pyramid has the a complete rainbow spectrum. So it has like reds, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and it's like seven strips of color going up to a point. And then at the very tip is this little black point. And then coming around that is this beautiful halo. For me, when I saw this in person, and I was about to get on a plane to go to Egypt, it's hard to not (laughs) 
look at this and and not see the Great Pyramid on some level or another. And I absolutely feel like Af Klint was really tapped into what I consider pyramid consciousness. It is definitely a baseline of what I'm working with and discussed it in previous episodes. It becomes, it's wide at the, the base and becomes narrow at the top. And I'm just sharing that in case you don't know this painting, but there's this beautiful gold leaf throughout it. And yeah, I mean, it's like, until you look at these paintings, I don't think you're going to fully be able to appreciate them. So as we look at number two, which is in the center, so number one's on the left, number two is in the center, and this has the equilateral triangle with the tip of the pyramid at the base, so it's reversed. It, it's not a rainbow pyramid, it's like got a lot of red and gold and pink and white, but through the center column of the pyramid, there's this beautiful heart spiral shape form that is happening. And then on top of the pyramid, it's like, to me, it's like a the great cosmic sun that that's how I translate it. I'm not sure if that was her intention, but that's definitely what I'm translating it as. And then just this beautiful, really delicately painted spiral coming down that weaves down into this pyramid. Number three, is like this beautiful, big, golden, round circle with two pyramids in the center and so many beautiful spirals coming out. They're very delicate and bands of color. I mean, to see this as the culmination you would have to really take the time to go through paintings for the future and see where things began and how they grew and the different symbols she weaves in and the, the geometry. It's just amazing. And as I look deeper into these paintings, for me, it's like this golden sphere with a spiral motion that invokes the formation of life from DNA to the motion of our galaxy. For in Egyptian cosmology, the pyramids come from the water, and Nut, goddess Nut, is the eternal waters. The pyramid has also been associated with Ra, the sun god, as a means of reaching eternal life itself. The shapes of the pyramids of Egypt have been described as great triangles formed by the sides of the pyramid that seem to fall from heaven, like the rays of the sun when his face shines through the clouds, sending a ladder of light to the earth. Altarpieces completed a spiritual journey. Hilma's paintings for the temple as they depict the development of the material world from the unity into multiplicity and experience in the world, and finally the return to oneness. They are described by Afklint as a summary of the whole work. Both of these images speak to the concept of eternity within the sky, whether it is through duality or spiritual journey to oneness. Afklint's paintings 
relay so many different feelings. They're so rich. Ultimately, they create this frequency of compassion, of unity consciousness. In my opinion, they carry the holy hologram, the master frequency. They carry a great soul awakening. Afklent had her work It was like a time capsule. She did not want anyone to see any of her work until 25 years after she had left her body. She had very specific instructions. And I believe that a part of her knew that culture and civilization was not ready for her work. The mystical mythic muse that is you. This Pisces... New moon is exact on March 13th, Saturday morning, 5.21 a.m. Eastern time. So adjust for your time zone. And this new moon is all of the feels with Venus conjunct Neptune, sun, and moon. The Piscean energy invokes the mystic, the channel, the artist, the muse, the universal priest, priestess consciousness. It is the culmination of the zodiacal wheel and the culmination of the end of the astrological wheel of the year. This is where the soul has journeyed through all the different signs coming to completion to be absorbed back into collective consciousness it is about how we weave the shadow and the light, our inspiration, how we make it manifest, and then we dissolve. It is about the high heart. It is about a preparation and a reawakening of the serpent dragon energy as well. So Pisces energy really wishes to commit self to a dream or an ideal to bring it into realization. It is the frequency of I imagine. It is a feminine yin sign of deep sensitivity, intuition, dreaming, visions, being deeply compassionate, unconditionally loving, and introverted. The downfall here is delusion, being the martyr or the addict. And Pisces can struggle with escapism, avoiding reality, projecting deep grief onto others, having boundary issues, being woven into deception, being a psychic sponge or too hermetic. And traditionally, Pisces was ruled by Jupiter. And in contemporary astrology, Neptune is seen as the ruler of Pisces. And as I think you all understand, but there may be new listeners here. So I want you to grasp that a new moon is when the sun and the moon meet. And the sun is our central star in which everything rotates. It is the will. And many cultures stemming into the culture of ancient Egypt, the, the sun is Ra, is the primal force of stable life giving properties. It is our psychological and our spiritual center. Whereas the moon is the great mother, 
or the changing one. The moon is passive, receiving, absorbing our emotional habit patterns that we learn in our womb life and our early childhood. And so as the sun and the moon meet up, there is a time of new beginnings. So we're starting this new wave of energy. And as we do so, it is in preparation for spring equinox, which is just only a week away from this Pisces new moon. And it is a Pisces new moon that is ruled by Neptune. And we have Venus and Neptune conjunct the sun and moon. And Venus is the goddess of love and beauty. This is Earth's elder sister. Venus is here to harmonize, to bring in sensuality, attraction, relationship, flowers, the social world, ultimately creating culture, cultivating culture, cultivating practice, any practice, whether it's gardening, forest bathing, painting, drawing, running, singing, these are all examples of Venetian activities, anywhere where you're really putting your your love, your devotion into it. And with Neptune conjunct, Neptune is the high heart. It is a higher octave of Venus. Venus is more relational love, whereas Neptune is agape. It's an unconditional force. It is spiritual, mystical love that travels into states of bliss, dissolves ego boundaries. It is altruistic, brotherly, sisterly love. Neptune rules dreams and the unconscious and wishes to merge. Now, this is where the shadow can get very much into codependency, addiction, fantasy, illusion, delusion, deception, denial, avoidance of reality, escapism, or completely sacrificing the self. So this new moon is quite mystical and creative and inspirational. It is such a powerful time for spiritual renewal, for rebirth of self, self with that knowing that you're always dissolving back into that collective consciousness. And then also, also being fully aware that this new moon is a time to be very in tune with the darker, shadowy parts of self where we cut off and where we escape and where we shut down and where we absorb too much. So the Sabian symbol for Pisces 24 degrees where the sun and the moon meet up is on a small island surrounded by the vast expanse of the sea. People are seen living in close interaction. One could say this is a need to consciously accept one's energies and to live a centered and fulfilled life. This is about the centralization of consciousness. It is about dharma. It is also about how each individual is unique and how that uniqueness is essential. How each one of us is like one cell of the consciousness of Mother Earth. The Star Sparks is a spring festival. The participants are in a state of ecstatic frenzy. 
Now, this is very much a reflection of the previous frequency as it is all about going to the central core while being anchored to the heart of the earth, communing with source. Again, this this new moon is a time to center back within self, to go deep within, to anchor into your unique truth in a very almost private, potent, hermetic, priestess, priest way. As the sun and moon are conjunct Neptune, there's an emphasis on spirituality, faith, religion, soul transcendence. And this is definitely a a time to be aware of addiction and to be aware Beware, be aware of where you like to check out and how. As this moon is meeting up with the sun and Venus and Neptune, there's a sextile to Pluto. Pluto in Capricorn coming to the tail end slowly and steadily of his Capricorn journey. And the sextile offers great gifts as we dissolve, as we let go of the identities, the parts of self, the stories that no longer serve. It actually brings us closer to source, closer to home, closer to our truth. So there is a lot of completion coming in with this new moon. And as I mentioned, it is a portal in many ways to the end of this journey through the astrological wheel as we come back to the rebirth of Aries. The wheel of the year rebirths with that Aries energy, that instinctual, impulsive energy. And after we have our new moon, We have Mercury on Tuesday, March 16th, moving into Pisces, bringing in that communication, the way that we think, the way that we dream, the way that we speak, we teach, we share information into that collective cosmic realm. So by that Tuesday, we will have Mercury, Pallas Athene, Neptune, Venus, and the sun all in Pisces. And then just like that, on Saturday, March 20th, we welcome in spring equinox. And spring equinox is exact at 5.38 a.m. That's Eastern time on March 20th. That's Saturday. And just a couple of days after that Saturday, Venus herself enters Aries. So we're coming into a turn of the wheel, leaving the season of Imbolc, coming into Ostara, into spring, where there is a phase of equal light and dark for that moment, that equal moment of spring rebirth. And for our sisters and brothers in the Southern Hemisphere, you all are going into fall equinox. 
for us celebrating spring, it is very much a time of really stretching out the roots, go deeper into the earth, the stems and the leaves are awakened. So there's the stretching of the life force as we clear away obstacles. It is a time of crisis and action, like a shattering and an activation. And it is very much the festival of rebirth, the festival of new life, the festival of balance. Day and night are equal, reminding us that every action has a reaction. The egg, the egg is a symbol of rebirth and fertility in nature. And this is an opportunity to meditate on the cosmic egg of life, which represents the masculine and the feminine light and dark expansion and contraction, conscious and unconscious, continuity and balance. Potential seed and promise are ripe. And as they are ripe, the dragon energy of Mother Earth is waking up. The dragon energy within each one of us is stirring and waking up. We have, in essence, a part of us that's very much connected to this primordial serpent dragon energy that's ancient and has been very misunderstood as it is ultimately our form of power. To know that after every death, there is a rebirth, there is a renewal, and there is a great stirring deep down in the earth as we are bringing into balance our inner and our outer worlds. This is a time of new energy patterns with fresh vitality, actions may be taken. Transformation is offering an opportunity to truly let go of the past as the land itself, herself, awakens. We also call upon Within the lineage of Celtic mythology, we can go to the horned god, Pan Hern Kernanus, the male archetype that is in touch with his animal instincts, that primal aspect that is wise, magical, playful, sexual, sensual, and embodies spiritual mastery, that is in tune with the Davic nature spirit realms of all the little beings, seen and unseen. And so this is a a very beautiful time to be tending to your land, giving offerings to your land, offerings of milk and honey left for fairies, for other nature spirits, to celebrate the fertility that is coming alive before our very eyes. In some cultures today, Dragon Day is still celebrated at the turn of this wheel on spring or fall equinox. And as we consider geomancy, as the meridians of the energy that run through the earth, they can be referred as dragon path ley lines or fairy lines, just as we as humans have these meridians that run through our very own network, our very own bodies. We are a mirror of Mother Earth. She is a mirror of us. And so as we prepare for spring equinox, for this rebirth, with this Pisces new moon, here 
this is a time to really come back to source, to center from within as you prepare for these outward months yet to come. Take a nice, long, deep breath and exhale as we prepare to go into this meditative journey together, refrain from operating any heavy machinery, pause here, know you can come back, there are timestamps. So finding that space, maybe pausing to make that sacred space for yourself, drinking some water, taking care of your biological needs, and then coming back to this moment. As you make your body comfortable, imagine you're lying down directly on Mother Earth in the most beautiful, natural setting that you resonate with perhaps a lush forest with waterfalls and large cold stones and moss the canopy of so many ancient redwoods or perhaps an arid desert landscape where the sand shifts And the sun shines so exquisitely. Or perhaps on the side of the ocean with cliffs and the crashing of the waves. Or any other place or space that feels right for you. Find that space. Imagine from the palms of the hands, the soles of your feet, the base of your spine, these beautiful spiral cords of light, red, silver, gold, going deep down into Mother Earth, going down, 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 knowing that your physical body is protected in this space. And as you sink deeper into stillness, allow your body to find that space and stillness to begin to fully restore. Long, long, deep breaths. And as you continue in this way, you feel such 
warmth bubbling up through your physical vessel. And you begin to feel through the waves of the gong, you begin to feel these space vibrations moving you through the stars, through the galaxies. And you find yourself arriving in this most perfect space. This realm, this dimension covered with the most vibrant mist full of colors pinks, yellows, blues, greens, purples. And you find yourself moving through this misty realm. And even though you are by yourself, you feel this alliance, this starry alliance with a multitude of sisters and brothers through time and space. And you find yourself moving in such a way through this atmosphere of mist and color and light and texture where it's not clear if you're even walking, swimming, flying, dancing. And as you move, you find the light beginning to shift into a multitude of geometric forms. And you allow your awareness to notice these patterns and these shapes. You allow your awareness to take them in. And a whole series of these beautiful geometric shapes come swirling and moving around and through you, through your physical body and you just allow you allow this experience to move through you And as the shapes move through you, they begin to spin and in their own unique symmetrical way. And you feel this opening happening within the cells of your being as these codes of light come through these geometrical patterns, creating potentials of new programs, programs of consciousness, 
and they move faster and faster in such a way that you move faster and faster spiraling spiraling faster and faster so that you become the sacred geometry itself and you become one of these forms moving through this misty realm dancing and orbiting in this collective consciousness yet as you have become this form you feel you feel your resonance with you you feel your soul's identity with you and as you move as this code of light you find yourself once more moving through the galaxies through the cosmos through the stars spinning and dancing and moving as shooting star through light consciousness finding your way back to your body here on earth and you come and you land in the center of your brain in the pineal gland and you land in the pineal gland and you begin to spiral here and as you danced and you moved in this other dimension you're now spiraling and moving in that way within your pineal gland and as the spiral takes form through the vision of your third eye you begin to bring to light this cosmic egg of creation you hold the vision of the cosmic egg of the androgynous serpent of life wrapped around this cosmic egg where the yin the yang the masculine the feminine all coalesce You hold that vision, the space between your two eyebrows as your geometric shape comes to fullness within the pineal gland. And you allow this as a sacred nectar to move through your entire chakra system, these wheels of light, these portals of light, as the master glands communicate with the other glands within your physical body. And again, as this is happening, notice this beautiful setting you lie upon the earth. Notice the nature that surrounds you and supports you. and give gratitude 
for this elemental support, for this ancestral support, for this sacred support. And allow some time and space for this to sink deeper into your physical vessel. Notice the parts of your body that are feeling warm or cool. Notice where you feel relaxed. And you can allow more space. Knowing that as you create the space, you create the receptivity for the genius solutions to come forth from this cascade of this divine nectar you've received. And giving gratitude, begin to Bring your awareness back to your physical body. Bringing your awareness back. Slowly, slowly beginning to wiggle through the fingers and the toes. And circling through the wrists and the ankles. Rubbing together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. Hugging the knees into the chest. Rolling over to one side. Taking a moment, placing one hand on your womb space knowing that all beings have this womb creative space. One hand on your heart. Breathing. Long, deep breaths. Giving gratitude for this breath of life. Giving gratitude for the multitude of blessings that are in your life here and now. Blessed be.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. For sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine. <laughs>